awkwardly stare at me. <laughs> praise God. Praise God. Um, this is my real voice, by the way. I'm not making it super deep. So just in case you're wondering. Um, you know, it's a dangerous thing when they go, yeah, um, you, you, you've been asked to minister and such, and um, you only got a set amount of time. Then it's like you overstudy because that's just your habit. And it's like now I got to make sure not to try to cram everything into 20 minutes. I won't. I won't. I promise. I promise. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> no. Um, but um, I'm, I'm going to speak about something tonight that is close to me, near and dear. Um, I don't think publicly I've ministered on this before. I don't think I have. Um, but um, it, it was Go Conference uh, Friday night, last Friday night. And um, Brother Tess Stewart uh, was ministering. Um, wasn't able to make it for various reasons, um, but I watched it online. And uh, when he gave the altar call, he began to mention some things, began to talk about, you know, those of you who feel like um, um, you're not worthy or feel like uh, um, you're not called. I, I, I can't remember the exact wording he used. But whatever he said resonated with me. And um, I was like, well, Yolanda was like, hey, that's us. I was like, yeah, it is. And um, just began to pray. And um, I feel like the Lord showed something to me, showed me something that I'd never seen in the scripture before. I've read this passage of scripture I'm going to tonight um, many times, many times. But I've never quite seen it the way that I'm going to be looking at it tonight. Uh, so I'm going to talk to you tonight about embracing the thorn. Embracing the thorn. Um, so I typically I try to write down when the Lord speaks to me about stuff because <laughs> I have an excellent long term memory. But my short-term memory is trash. Excellent. I can remember stuff from when I was born, okay? I'm not kidding. I'm serious. I can remember stuff back, back to when I was in diapers, right? But you ask me something that happened a week ago, I'm going to go, uh, let, me, let me think on that and try to bring it back from the recesses because... Um, short term memory is not so good. So I write stuff down and, um, that's what the Lord said. I believe the Lord spoke to me and told me that Paul's thorn in his flesh was the memory of his past in the Jewish faith. The Lord delivered him from his former lifestyle, but Paul couldn't deliver himself from the memories of his previous life. Instead of losing the memories of his past, God used the memories of his past as a passport to grace, as a passport to grace. And um, I'm going to read. Who's up there? Josh, stay with me. Well, who, who, who's up there? All right. Um, I'm going to read just a few passages of scripture, um, starting in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 through 10. 
And since I don't have a lot of time, I'm read fast. So <laughs> it is not expedient for me, doubtless to glory. I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. I knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago, whether in the body, I cannot tell, or whether out of the body, I cannot tell. God knoweth. Such a one caught up to the third heaven. And I knew such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell. God knoweth. How that he was caught up into paradise and heard unspeakable words, which is not lawful for a man to utter. Of such a one will I glory. Yet of myself, I will not glory. But in my infirmities, for though I would desire to glory, I shall not be a fool, for I will say the truth. But now I forbear, lest any man should think of me above that which he seeth me to be or that he heareth of me. And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, and in reproaches, and necessities, and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. When I am weak, then I'm strong. And I'm only going to read out of two different translations, uh, contemporary English version and Young's literal translation, verses 7 through 10. Of course, I am now referring to the wonderful things I saw, Paul speaking. One of Satan's angels was sent to me was, was sent to make me suffer terribly so that I would not feel too proud. Three times I begged the Lord to make this suffering go away. But he replied, my gift is undeserved grace. Of undeserved grace is all you need. My power is strongest when you are weak. So if Christ keeps giving me power, I will gladly brag about how I am weak. Yes, I am glad to be weak or insulted, or mistreated, or to have troubles and sufferings. It is for Christ. Because when I am weak, I am strong. And Young's literal translation. Now this is kind of a little bit wordy and kind of hard to read, so if I stumble, be patient with me. And that by the exceeding greatness of the revelations, I might not be exalted over much. There was given to me a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of the adversary that he might buffet me that I might not be exalted over much concerning this thing thrice the Lord did I call upon that it might depart from me and he said to me sufficient for thee is my grace my power in infirmity is perfected most gladly therefore will I rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest on me Therefore, I am well pleased in infirmities and in damages and necessities and persecutions and distresses for Christ. For whenever I am infirm, then I am powerful. When I'm at my weakest point, that's when I have the most power. Because it's not my authority, it's not my ability, 
is God living and working through me to do the things that please him. And it's so much to talk about in 20 minutes, but that's okay. From about the ages of 14 till 30, yeah, 14 to 30, I've had immense struggle with who I am in God. Immense struggle. There's been days where I go, well, am I supposed to be here? Should I have just not gone to church with my mother that day, September 2004? Should I just stayed home? Should I just done something else? Should I try to pursue some pipe dream X, Y, Z, and the list goes on and on. But I came to a point it was last Friday, I believe, or the Lord is continually doing it. in me. He's, he's, he's working it out. He's working it out. I came to the point that I can't change my past. Right. I mean, it, 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 Either you've been bought by the blood of Jesus Christ or you haven't. Either baptism is real or it's not. Either redemption is true or it's not. And when I came to the understanding that, well, I have been redeemed. I have been washed. I have been cleansed by the blood of the lamb. I don't have to worry about my past anymore. But one thing, I never thought about it this way until last Friday. I never thought about it this way. It's not the past I have a trouble with. It's the memories of my past. It's the memories. Remember how I started by telling you I have a great long-term memory? Yeah. That could be a blessing and a curse, right? Um, there's not much that I forget. Literally, that that is not exaggeration. That's not hyperbole. That is the truth. There's not much that I forget. And um, it's taught me to, one, <laughs> not holding in grudges against anybody. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I don't. I don't. Life's too short. I don't, I don't, I don't have time to be upset or be mad with anybody of what they've done to me or didn't do or whatever. Um, life's a vapor, right? But um, I think Paul had some trouble with his past. I think he did. I think he did. I was doing some studying of this passage of scripture and actually looking up the chronological order of the epistles in which they were written. And um, it's really cool (laughs) to watch when the epistles were written because it gives you a whole nother perspective when you read them. It it, certain context clues and it's like, oh, well, that makes sense. Oh, well, that makes sense. Well, that makes sense. But in the order they currently are, it's kind of hard to do that. But um, I began to look at Paul and his life a little bit and I began to look at. when he was saved, which roughly was about 37 A.D., 37 A.D. is when he was saved. It's when he had his vision um, on the road to Damascus. 
Acts 9. And then um, from that point until when he was first called into the ministry in Acts 13 is about 10 years. It's about 10 to 11 years. See, see when, you, when you begin to look at that, you think, well, all right, well, yeah, Paul just jumped right in. He just got right into it. You know, as soon as he got, as soon as Act 9 happened, he came right back to Jerusalem. No, no, no. That's, that's not exactly what happened at all. Because the Bible says in Galatians chapter 1 that he actually left Damascus, went into Arabia for three years. Then he went back to Damascus. And then 10 years later, he went to Jerusalem. So we're talking of a span of about 13 to 14 years before he's even called into the ministry. Time of preparation. Time of reckoning, a time of dealing with things. There are some times that we think that our postponement into a place of ministry is God's divine delay. I beg to differ. I think it's a part of God's process. As a matter of fact, it's a part of what he ordains to do in each one of our lives. Because if you've been saved, you've been washed, you've been redeemed, God has a purpose for your life. There is no such thing as, nah, I, I, I was saved by mistake. God missed it. No, 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 no. That's not what happened at all. No, no. If you were saved, it was by the grace of God, and it was according to his will and his purpose. His will and his purpose. Let me hurry. Galatians 1, 8 through 15. But he, but, but though we, or any angel from heaven, I'm just reading this for context, preach any other gospel unto you than that which you have received, let him be accursed. Kind of destroys the doctrine of Sorry, I'm not going to go into that. Um, as we said before, say I now again. If any man preach any other gospel unto you that which you have received, let him be accursed. For do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I yet please men, I should not be the servant of Christ. But I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man. For neither received I it of man neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. For ye have heard of my conversation, conversation, <laughs> conversation, conversation in time past in the Jews' religion, how that beyond measure, measure, I can't, wow, can't talk, beyond measure, I persecuted the church of God and wasted it and profited in the Jews' religion above many my equals in mine own nation being more exceedingly zealous of the traditions of my fathers. But when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace. When it pleased God, God's desire, long before Paul was even saved, while he was yet a Pharisee, at Gamaliel's feet, as the book says, God was calling him. As a matter of fact, God positioned him to stand there and hold the garments of the people who stoned Stephen. And it took, I think it was a year, year after. Yeah, no, two, three, four, five, 
Get my time mixed up. It was either a couple years after he has his vision to the road to Damascus. So just a couple years, the Lord's continually working on his heart. And then the, so, then the Lord says, okay, well, you won't answer to conviction. So now I have to stop you in your tracks. Boom. Blinded, can't see, doesn't eat, all that. Man, I, I could have went on that rabbit trail. Went on there, but that's all right. Galatians 2. How am I on time? Oh, excellent. I was thinking five minutes. That's good. All right. Um, Galatians 2, 16 through 21. Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Jesus Christ that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. But if, while we seek to be justified by Christ, we ourselves also are found sinners. Is therefore Christ the minister of sin? God forbid. For if I build again the things which I destroyed, I make myself a transgressor. Now that word destroyed in the Greek just isn't like a, you know, man, like they got destroyed in that game. Like they got obliterated, you know, like football game 50 to zip or something like that you know like man they got obliterated no 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 that word destroy literally means to trample underfoot it literally means to to completely obliterate with no sense of trying to go back again that when i destroy something that kept me in my past and it's keeping me from my future I can't go back to it that's why we can't go back to our past that's why we can't try to go back from what God delivered us from it, it is impossible to have tasted the Bible says in, in Hebrews 6 it is impossible to have tasted of the good word of God the powers of the world to come and, and to return to the stuff God delivered me from. It's like opening the son of God open to an open shame and crucifying him afresh. It's like starting all over again. Oh, well, maybe I wasn't saved. Let me go get baptized again. No, 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 no. It has nothing to do with that. It's got nothing to do with that. You need to believe you've been saved. You need to believe you've been redeemed and that you've been bought by the blood of Jesus Christ. And regardless of what the adversary says to you about your past, it doesn't matter. Because I know the truth. I've been redeemed and I've been changed. I've been changed. For I, through the law, am dead to the law that I might live unto God. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not frustrate the grace of God, for if righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. Now, the first time I heard, I'm closing, I am, I'm closing. The first time I heard, these past these verses, Galatians 2, 2, 20 through 21, um, Bishop Wright was teaching about it, and it was years ago. 
And uh, I, I remember him talking about that. What this verse is saying is like, it's like me being on the cross the same time Jesus was. So when he says like, I am crucified with Christ, that word with in connection with Christ, it just as Christ was crucified, taking on the sins of the world, my sins have been nailed to the cross. So when he was crucified, I don't have to go back and go, oh, well, I messed up again. Let me see if I can kind of correct that sin. It was nailed on the cross 2000 years ago, even before the sin was committed. Even before the sin happened, it was already dealt with. And that's the same thing with the grace of God. It doesn't matter where you've come from. It does not matter the failures you have in your past. They're just that in your past. They're not in your present. So <laughs> now I feel the preach coming right now. I'm about to end, right? How about you stop worrying about the past and actually look forward towards the future that God has for you? I, I, I can hear some of your thoughts. Well, you don't know what my past, what, you don't know what happened. You don't know what took place. You don't know where I came from. No, no, I don't. I don't. But what is so much more important is that the grace of God is sufficient, which means it's enough. The grace of God is enough. It's enough. And if it's one thing that I can just leave you with tonight is that. Just because you have memories of your past doesn't mean that you're held captive to your past. But allow those memories to be the passageway to the grace of God in your life in a deeper and more powerful way. In Jesus name.